again. It's our ideal. Many people think that the best way to escape war is to dwell upon its horror. In the end, it's our ideal. Many people think that the best way to escape war is to dwell upon its horror. Hey, Mama, what's up? Did you switch my service from Verizon to T-Mobile? Yep. T-Mobile has the only nationwide 5G. Well, Mr. Know-It-All, let's see if you write about that. Mama. Hey, Mama, I'm working. It works at the pie shop. T-Mobile's 5G works inside and out. Hey, what you need, Mama? I'm trying to watch the game with my boys. It works in the park. Okay. (sighs) Mama? It works at the aquarium. In the parking garage. At the beach. In the elevator. It works in the movie theater, too. Oh, shush yourself. I'm talking my baby. You're driving me crazy. I was just calling you to say thank you, baby. I love you. I love you, too, Mama. Yes, Mama. It works in the kitchen! Tell Mama. Mama? 5G, it works in the club! Who are you in the club with? Hi, this is Monique McNeil, and you're locked in to Unity Radio, WTY 97.9 FM. Thank you for tuning in to Up Close with Monique McNeil. I'm your host, Monique McNeil, and today we're going to discuss the impact of the coronavirus on our students, on our children, and how they're dealing with this virus and how it has affected their lives. Um, This virus has really changed the way we think, changed the ways we socialize, the way we gather, and even the way we go to school and how we learn. And um, I felt that it would be a very interesting topic to get into the minds of children and understand their perception and how they're actually dealing with this. And how do they go about every day, um, every school day in front of their computer, some of them remote, um, solely remote, some of them are hybrid. And what are the differences um, between the remote and hybrid and actually being physically in the class? So those are some topics that we will be discussing today. But quickly, we're going to take a listen to to some updates in regards to this virus. Let's take a listen. For example, they've been delayed. What do we know about schools reopening and safety? We're seeing that there is a correlation Um, And I think a lot of people are trying to study just how strong that effect is on schools reopening in local clusters, Um, particularly when you think of schools with older um, children and with adults, so colleges, universities, high schools, things like that. Um, One of the biggest challenges is making sure that the teachers and the family members are safe. And so we don't want schools to be driving clusters in towns and um, communities where they've gotten the virus under control. So this is particularly challenging when um, you have a place like a university or a college that's bringing people from other states, other communities that may have large outbreaks. And so we're seeing these outbreaks pop up in many places where schools are not taking the virtual approach. 
But uh, what does that mean, Lauren? I mean, if you're, you know, to, to keep, um, I, I guess, citizens safe, do you need to close restaurants and bars, but, you know, keep the schools open so that you don't have to close anything, you know, everything at once were cases yeah. to really surge? Yeah, I mean, it sort of seems like in the United States we've chosen to keep bars and restaurants open over to over being able to open our schools. And so um, when the first step to being able to open schools safely is to close, is to stop community transmission so that when you have to do the contact tracing associated with small clusters or outbreaks or even single cases in the schools, that you can actually track where the infections are coming from and track where the transmission is coming and going. Um, and that's really hard to do when you have ongoing community transmission. And we do know that these bars and restaurants are um, part of what's driving uh, community transmission. So, you know, the idea is that you limit the, the activities that don't need to happen, going out to bars, going out to restaurants, and mm-hmm. um, then it's safer to open the schools. Lauren, where I am here in New York, I had to wear a sweater to work this morning. Summer is definitely over. Fall is coming. What happens when, A, people can't spend as much time outdoors and have to go indoors, and, B, that collides with the regular flu season? Yeah, we're really concerned about the, that sort of intersection um, towards the end of fall. Um, you know, you, you hope that you that everyone can sort of stay outside and be outside for as long as possible, but it has impact in a lot of places. So um, you're going to have mixing of people in smaller spaces, confined spaces, where they may have gone outside. Um, if they don't limit their activity, then they're just going to do those activities inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with bars and restaurants. So if people can't go to bars and restaurants, but they're allowed to remain open and they can't sit outside, Perhaps they'll sit inside. Um, we have seen that in some places that have flu early, like in Australia, the cases are lower, which is great to see. It means that a lot of the activities that we're doing for coronavirus are um, helping to sort of quell the spread of flu as well. Um, and we would expect that to an extent. I think we're hoping that it happens here, too, that we have a very light flu season because mm-hmm. the challenge with having flu season and coronavirus, first, we don't know that co-infection may cause worse disease. It may cause people to get right. sicker. Um, but also, it's really hard to differentiate um, on, a, on a quick screen in the emergency department, for example, between coronavirus symptoms mm-hmm. and flu symptoms. It's so a- we want to keep people out of the hospitals who have right. flu. We want to you know, keep those beds open for coronavirus cases and keep people separated as well. Right. Very good point. I just quickly want to touch on treatment. The debate over convalescent plasma and its efficacy continues to rage. You had the NIH weighing in yesterday saying there's no evidence to prove that it actually works. What do we know and what don't we know at this point? So convalescent plasma has been used in a lot of um, approaches to a lot of different diseases. So I think we can say we know it's relatively safe. Um, even in COVID, we've seen that the safety data look pretty good. Uh, we don't know much about its efficacy. We're still learning a lot. Um, one of the challenges with moving forward with the approach that's happening now is it may diminish the people who are willing to sign up for clinical trials. So then we then it becomes limited how much we can actually learn about its efficacy. And so you don't want to just do something just because it's safe. You want to take um, convalescent plasma only if it's also effective in in treating and curing coronavirus. Um, and in the, in the current situation, we've had several negative studies that haven't showed that efficacy, um, that it's, you know, that it's working yet. And I, I, my hope is that people continue down the path of um, doing the randomized control trials, doing that rigorous clinical 
study uh, so that we don't just rely on observational data, which can be fraught with different biases, different problems with the study design, um, and those that sort of retrospective look back at the data um, can be problematic when you're making those assessments about how effective it really was. Um, Lauren, who will have the formula for a vaccine that will be, you know, of easy access and distributable first? How far away are we from that? Um, so I think people, there's a lot of work going into the vaccine piece right now. Um, you know, there's, I think, four in phase three trials. Um, in the U.S. here, we have two studies, one by Moderna and one by um, Pfizer and Biotech, um, BioNTech. Um, and so, you know, the goal is to enroll somewhere around 30,000 uh, 30, participants. Um, there's been talk of stopping those early, but the, the key is to get to that point where we've had enough COVID infections in that study population that we can understand the efficacy of the virus. And so I think um, some people are predicting that we'll have one by the end of the year. I'm slightly less optimistic. I think sometime next year we can see, we'll probably see some um, really good vaccine data that allows us to push forward. Uh, there's yep. work being done on who gets it, right? So that's going to be the next big hurdle is how do we prioritize that will be the next big hurdle is prioritizing who will get this vaccine and giving it to our children so we can keep them safe. Uh, I can tell you now, me being a mom, uh, the thought of sending my daughter to school without this virus being contained, without there being any vaccination, uh, it doesn't make me feel that optimistic. It doesn't make me feel uh, that much safe because this is a really dangerous situation. Um, not understanding how this virus can spread so quickly and anybody can have it. Anybody can be a systematic carrier and not even know that they have it. So it will be homeschooling for my daughter. And it's, it's interesting to get in the minds inside the minds of, of children and, you know, to understand their perception and what they're actually dealing with during this, uh, during this pandemic. Because we as adults, you know, we kind of deal with life. We deal with troubles and ups, ups and downs and obstacles. We kind of just keep it moving um, and chalk it up as just a bad day, or this is just something we have to do. But when it comes to children, when it comes to teenagers, you know, this is the population of people who live their life a certain way. They're, they're used to waking up and going to school and hanging with their friends and, you know, going about their daily lives. They're not really, they, they was not ever really forced to cognitively think about where they're going and who they're interacting with and face coverings. And this is a whole nother world. It's like you, you went to bed one day with your life being this way. And then there was a switch with a, where it was flipped up. And they woke up the next day and their whole lives were different. And I can honestly say, I don't think that we will ever go back to normal. What, what does that normal ever look like? And I know there's times where I feel that it's a bittersweet situation uh, for my younger son because he does not know his life. He doesn't have any idea of what normal was. This will be his normal. So it's, it's, it's a bittersweet it's quite interesting and it's bittersweet because he doesn't know what he's missing, but I know what he's missing. Um, the ability to just leave and come and go and socialize and gather freely without thinking about, 
you know, being infected or uh, somebody is going to get me sick or perhaps, you know, someone may die. So it's it's quite interesting. But like I said in the beginning of this segment, uh, we have two special guests with us today on the show. We have 13-year-old Tizea. He is an eighth grader. And we also have 13-year-old Sinea. She is a seventh grader. And they're going to show with us, share with us their perception on um, dealing with this whole pandemic and, and, you know, dealing with the ups and downs of this virus and, you know, what, what their new world looks like. So I want to welcome you both to the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, so I'll start with you first, Sinea. How how does it how has it been dealing with this virus and dealing with the whole social aspect of of this virus? And I feel like it's been really hard because I feel like I can't be myself in public. Um, I have to worry about what other people, um, being close to other people mm-hmm. and I have to keep in mind not to be too close. Um, because before I, I didn't think of that, mm-hmm. um, but I have to keep in mind how I have to be six feet apart right. from other people and not get too close to them when mm-hmm. I'm getting line or something. Right. What about you, Tizea? What, how has this virus, you know, impacted, impacted your life? Or how, do, how has it been tough for you to deal with this new virus? Yeah, and it's been really tough, like, with all this new stuff like school and not being able to go outside and see my friends without keeping six feet apart and wearing a mask. Right. So the whole aspect of wearing a mask is something that, that's different. I mean, it's just. It's, I, I'm an adult and I still walk around, you know, I go in the store and I still look around and I say to myself, my God, this, this is crazy. Yeah. 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 This is crazy. How, how do we come to this place where, you know, I can't even, I can't even see your beautiful smile. Right. So, so what do you think, Sinead? Is that, is that difficult for you not to be able to see everyone's faces and their smiles? And definitely. Cause one time I was walking and this girl looked at me and I smiled and I'm like, oh wait, she she doesn't see me smiling at her. Right. And it really right. made me think about it. So that whole interaction, you know, piece of it. What what do you think? Is it is it difficult to wear the mask all day long? Yeah. Because it's kinda of hard to breathe in them. Yes. It's hard to breathe. Yeah. What do you think, Sadia? Definitely since I have asthma, so um when I wear the mask for too long. It definitely infects my breathing, and right. when I get in my in the car, I definitely just want to take the mask off. Right. I mean, thank God we're getting into the cooler days, but during the summer, it, I mean, was it was it difficult for you at all to wear a mask during the summer? Yeah, because it's really hot, and it makes it even more harder to breathe in the heat while you're wearing a mask. Right. Now, can I ask you both, does it even, wearing a mask, does it make you want to even run around outside and play basketball or ride your scooter or your hoverboards or whatever it is that you do to socially gather? Do, do you even feel like doing that with a mask on? No, not really. Yeah. Is it, why? Like, Just because it's harder to do things like mm-hmm. run around and hang out with your friends and 
have conversations with them because sometimes they can't hear you because the mask. <laughs> right. It's hard to, it's kind of muffled, yeah. right? Does that happen it's, to you? It sounds yeah. like you're mumbling. Like you're mumbling, right? It's like, I can't hear you. Speak up, right? Yeah. Um, so going back to the school aspect of it. Now, Taizé, you're an eighth grader. Yeah. So middle school is not something that's brand new to you. You you've been in middle school. Yeah. So we're talking the ending part of your seventh grade was interrupted with this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And now being an eighth grader, how has that adjustment been for you? It's been pretty hard because I just think that this is new to us mm-hmm. and just to come into it during my first eighth grade year, it's hard. It's it's difficult for you. Yeah. What about you, Sanaya? Yeah, because I every day I just woke up and went to school and then one day I just stopped going to school and being home and it's different because I don't get to see my friends or see my teachers and sit in a a desk mm-hmm. and, and get to see the drawings written on the whiteboard or it's just definitely different. So that that aspect of that element yeah. of being in school yeah. is, is has been diver- very Definitely. difficult for you. Yeah. Yeah. So it, so it matters. Yeah. Being in that element in school matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are your thoughts about? Do you think that matters actually being in school? Yeah. So does it, do you feel that it perhaps maybe makes a difference on how you learn? Yeah. It makes it like easy to pay attention because you're sitting there and you're hands on with your work and stuff. And if, you need to ask the teacher a question or, like, ask her for help with your work. You could go to see her after school instead right. of yeah. doing it online. The social interaction with the teachers or friends. And there's things around the classroom to help you. I feel like right. at my house there's not really that much things in my in my home that I could use to help me okay. do my work. In the classroom I could look up and see a chart, a multiplication chart yep. or adding and subtracting char or or something that will help me and that would help me and I don't have that at my house right right that's a good point that's a good point to make so once again being in that environment having those type of um those type of posters or words or you know hints if you will on the board or on the wall is is definitely a contributing factor to your your daily routine and it, and it does help you. Now, if you do have a question, say if you had, um, you know, you were going over math and there was a question that you didn't get, is it easy to just ask your teachers for help? I, like, don't, is it- I don't think so at all because on the Zoom, they uh-huh. make you do work. So you have to switch between tabs and the, it, the computer loads. So it's hard when they ask you a question because you have to go to the tab and then switch and it's just really hard. So I can't just raise my hand or just ask them and they notice me right away. Right. I have to wait a little bit to ask the question. Right. And you're actually raising your hand in the comment thing, right? Yeah. What about you? Is it, is it like, so like she said, with all the tabs and stuff, it's kind of hard. So when you go to ask your teacher, it was easier in school because your teacher could come up to your desk mm-hmm. and actually show you how to do it. But now since we're doing remote, she just can tell you and it's harder. Like like I said, with hands-on in school, it's easier to like 
to understand to understand it right so you're more like a visual you're more like a verbal visual learner like you need to have your hands on it and it be happening right in front of you so there's a so saying you're saying there's a lapse of time of being able to ask for help and get that help that there's a, a a lapse of time because when I'm going to ask the question, they already moved on to the next. Got you. The next thing. And I'm like, oh, no, wait, I have wait, a question. So got you. It's a little harder. Okay, now let me ask you remote. both. It, it, it is, right? Yeah. That, that aspect of it. So now let me ask you both. Before COVID, were you, um, were you using a computer this much? No, not at all. We were using computers, but we wasn't using computers as much as we use them now. Okay. So that's another adjustment within an adjustment. Yeah. Correct. Like learning how. So you had to learn Zoom. Yeah. Or you had to learn. What is it that you use in schoolology? Yeah, yeah. Schoolology was a new thing. They never taught us about schoolology in school. So when we were doing remote school, when they introduced schoolology to us, I had no idea what this app was about. Right. So it was like you had to teach yourself this whole new situation. Yeah, and, and our teachers would help us, like, if you went on Schoolology and went to materials, like, the first couple of days of school, it would teach you videos on how to do this and how to do that. Right. So once again, though, you're learning, you're getting this information through technology once again. Yeah. yeah. So you're getting the information, how to use it through technology to use the technology. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Now, the same thing for you, you wasn't using computers as much as before. No, not at all. Maybe right. to like just go on a assignment that the teacher had posted, but not as much as um now. Now it's every day. It's multiple assignments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just on, when I was in school. It was only one assignment on there. Now I have like fifty on the computer. Now is that overwhelming? Definitely for me. Yeah, it makes it like because you go onto your materials and you see all this work that you have to do, and you're like, dang, right. Where it probably is the same amount of work, but it wasn't right in it, front of you like yeah, that. Is like that what it is? When we were in school, they would give us a lot of, like, a good amount of work. And we'd had papers, so it'd be easier. But now, since we have it all on the computer, and mm-hmm. we have to do PowerPoints and Word documents, and it's just harder. Wow. It, it, to see all in front of you. Is that what makes yeah. it more overwhelming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about for, what about for you, Sam? Especially because... What I said about the questions, it's harder to um, move on when the teacher has already moved on and it's hard to raise your hand. And the, all the assignments definitely is a lot. It feels like a lot um, more than school. I feel like in school it was just, oh, papers, and it was it was easier with papers mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And not having it all in front of you. Yeah. Like, because, you know, you're in middle school, so you're actually changing classrooms, correct? You're moving yeah. Yeah. from one class to another, so you have that movement to kind of break up the day, right? Yeah. You're going into, you have a science class and an ELA class and you're moving all about. So you're going from that to nothing at all. Is, yeah. is that, does that make it difficult to, to not have that movement? Yeah, a little bit. What do you think? Definitely. I like how the teachers give us breaks though instead of being on the computer for too long, but I feel like it's still... Still too much. I liked like moving around and mm-hmm. between classes, mm-hmm. you know, getting a little break right from the class. Now, do you get you get breaks too? Yeah. Your day? One of the other things though is, like like she said, little breaks and stuff. It's also easier to get to your class because all you have to do is go to like your 
courses, click on the class that you have to go to, go to the conferences and click on that. So in school, our transformations were harder because we only had like five minutes to get to our lockers and classrooms. But now on the computer, it I think I feel like it's easier to get from classrooms because all you have to do is click a couple <laughs> of buttons. Right, right. So, so you don't have to worry about being late. Okay, so that was the up. That's the upside of it. Yeah. Okay, but do you miss that? That yeah. transition from yeah, one class. I miss that transition yeah, because when I got to walk to class and have conversations with my friends while we walked to class, like little conversations and stuff. What about you? Yeah, yeah, same thing. I While walking to the class, I would chat with my friends a little, and I got a little exercise walking and stuff, and I wouldn't have to, you know, just get to the class. Now, let me ask you, back when this first, when this pandemic first happened, um, it happened back in, I believe that it was in March, is when I got the phone call from the schools. Um, so what I'm going to ask you was, when that when you first heard that there was no school, what were your thoughts about that? Like, what? Clearly, I assume that you didn't think that this is where we would be today. And we're going to answer that question. We're going to dig deep into that question uh, right after this short break. You know what I love about Job Corps? Jobs and a career. Job Corps is a program for 16 to 24-year-olds that trains you on a trade and helps you get your high school education. And it's at no cost to you if you're income eligible. Plus, they give you a place to stay and three meals a day. To find out more, call 1-800-733-JOBS. Go to jobcorps.gov or visit us on Facebook. That's what I love about Job Corps. A future. Job Corps. Success lasts a lifetime. 1-800-733-JOBS. Thank you for tuning in to Up Close with Monique McNeil. You're listening to WTY 97.9 FM. And right now I have two special guests with me on the line. I have Tizea, who is a 13-year-old 8th grader, and I have Senea, and she's a 13-year-old 7th grader. And these two, my two special guests, are providing us with some insight to into the lives and the minds of being middle schoolers and how they're actually dealing with this pandemic um, during this time and how coronavirus has impacted their lives and, and the complexity of using technology and making that adjustment going from the regular school day into a more remote type setting and, and, you know, their take on that whole thing. So before we took a break, I specifically, you know, asked them, when they were told about, when they first was told about the coronavirus back in March, I believe I received the phone call, um, that all schools were closed. Now, I understood what was going on, but I, I just wanted to get a, a, an insight, a deeper, peel back the layer on if they really understood at that time what was going on. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you first, Isaiah. Well, when I first heard that schools were closing, I thought this was just going to be for like, our end of seventh grade and we were going to go back to school in eighth grade because I didn't know how serious coronavirus was Mm -hmm. when they first announced school was over. So I thought our pandemic was going to be over shortly. Okay. We would go back to school in eighth grade. What about you, Sinan? When you, when you first got the call or not, you got the call when you're, when your mom pulled up and, and came and got you and back in March, what were your first thoughts about that? Well, my teachers had told me that would only be a day that okay. I was out of school. So I was like, okay. oh, it's a day. I wasn't thinking to get all my journals. I didn't think it was that big 
of a deal. I I just thought it was something, you know, small or whatever. So, um, yeah, that day passed, and then I heard that it was a week that we would stay home, and then it just kept adding on from there. Right. And I was like, wow, this is serious. So at that time specifically, you really didn't have a full understanding of what was happening. You just yeah. heard that school's closed, you know, that there's some type of, um, for cleaning. I think that's what the, how they, they, they stated it, yeah, that we're just going to close for cleaning. They said the same thing to me. Like they said that they were going to close school for a couple of days and then weeks. And then I found out that it was going to be closed for the rest of the school year. Right. Now, what was, what was your first thoughts on that when you heard that school was done for the rest of the year. I was like, wow, this is like really serious. I didn't think it was that serious at first um, until it started to get more and more weeks and then till months. I was like, wow, this is actually a serious pandemic. What were your thoughts about that? Well, like she said, how um, she didn't think it was serious until it got like up and to First it was days, and then mm-hmm. it was weeks, and then it was right. months. I didn't think it was serious until coronavirus started spreading throughout the whole world. Like, I thought it was just going to be in other countries, other parts of the world, but it ended up coming to the United States and spread all over. Right, right. So that's when it became yeah. more serious. For Now, how did you feel uh, when you first heard that September was coming? And at the time you were a sixth grader, now you're a seventh grader and you seventh, now you're an eighth grader. But when you was informed that you would not be going back into school when school started, how did that, how did, what did you think about that? At first I was like, yay, no school. But as, as the days went on, I was like, oh, I miss school because I wasn't really doing anything. It was a pandemic. I couldn't go outside. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really do anything. I, I thought I was going to be hanging out with my friends and stuff like that. But I'm like, no, this is coronavirus i can't really go anywhere so i'm like i wish i was back in school right yeah what about you tyson to me i thought school was gonna be easy on computer and i was i thought school like going to school was harder than doing school online but then as soon as i got into it i was like this is really hard going into school for me was easier than doing school online so it it isn't a big would you say that it's a huge adjustment to have that social aspect taken away? Yeah. It, 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 it does, right? Because, you know, I'm thinking about a child, the majority of their day, I mean, obviously you're getting older, so you're, you know, um, more responsibilities is being asked of you. But the majority of your day and of your lives, especially during the summer, especially dealing with the summer during during the virus, how was that? Because I know, I know for myself, you know, my daughter and I, my family, we, we typically travel. We we're, we're going to the beach, we're going to festivals, 4th of July, we got the fireworks, we got a lot of things going on, and everything came to a screeching halt. Was that difficult? Yeah, because I was a really outdoor kid, and I loved summer because all the basketball courts were open, and we right. got to play like 5v5 basketball games and stuff, and mm-hmm. once coronavirus came around and we were quarantined for the summer, it was just really hard. What about for you, Sonia? Because you, you're a social butterfly that I know. Yeah, I was, I was, um, like I said, I thought I was going to be hanging out with my friends and, you know, doing fires and stuff. But um, we really just stayed in the house. And I was like, no, I want to go outside. I just want to get outside because being in the house, you know, gets 
me a little stressed. So being outside really. Right. Now, now let me ask you, do you think that this has been um, an impact on you emotionally and mentally? Like has this impacted you in a way where it's, I know for me personally, it's kind of depressing. Yeah. I'm an outdoors type of person. I want to feel the sunshine on my face. I want to feel my toes, you know, in the sand. That's the type of person, you know, that I am. Has that been an impact on you emotionally? Yeah. Or mentally? Yeah, because I feel like I can't do anything. I just feel like I'm in my in the house and I just can't, you know, go somewhere without a mask or mm-hmm. or go somewhere without just talking to people or or being getting too close to people and stuff like that. Right. And I, and I know me personally, I'm a hugger. Yeah. If you're my friend and, you know, my niece or my nephew, I'm a I'm a hug you. <laughs> That's just me. That's my personality. So, I mean, was that difficult to not be able to? Yeah. Because I, before I, I didn't have to put in my mind to stay six feet apart or to not get too close. But now I have to think about like, oh, yeah, I can't give you a hug or, you know, because. So that emotional aspect, the the ability to show affection, the ability to hug and to be socially gathered has completely, I mean, how, how has that impacted you? Is that is that a mental or emotional impact on you, Tizea? Yeah, because when I went outside and hung out with my friends before all this happened, I was happy because I loved going outside and playing and just hanging out and having conversations. Yeah. But then when this all went down, my whole mood just changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not just friends, like, I like to do family activities like in the summer mm-hmm. we would go to Canopy Lake or like Easter we would go to people's houses and stuff and that mm-hmm. all just stopped because of COVID. So your whole normacy of your life and the way you gather and show affection and socialize and go to school and so basically every aspect of your lives has been has been affected. By this virus, yeah. yeah. Would, would you say that? Mm-hmm. Now, what would what would you say, or how would you feel if I told you that I did not believe we would ever go back to our normal? I would what? feel like really sad because if we would never go back to normal, that means we'd never go back to doing things that I did before coronavirus. We would have to stay quarantined a lot and inside the house, and it just the world wouldn't be the same right. yeah. as it used to be. Definitely. Like Tysaiah said, it wouldn't be the same um, going out because I'm so used to just going out, going to the stores, mm-hmm. and it's so easy to forget your mask because I'm not used to wearing a mask in the store. So I'm just like, oh, let's just go to the store. And I'm so quick to go without bringing a mask. So that definitely changed wearing a mask in public. Right. right. So if I told you that they would never go back, that everything that you knew of your life prior to last March won't be the same in that aspect. That that would make you feel... Yeah, I would be yeah. upset. I'd be mad and sad and just... Right. Lear- learning how to readjust. Because everything is really an adjustment. Everything's an adjustment. And, you know, the, the, the one thing that I, I definitely wanted to you know, speak on today, you know, and we'll talk about that a little bit later 
um, in the show is uh, adjustments that, you know, unfortunately, you know, this is what it is right now. And trying to remain positive and trying to remain hopeful, but also realistic, I think is what, what makes this a bit, what makes this a bit difficult. Um, it is an election year and you guys know what that is and what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now let me ask you, I want to start with you, Sanaya. How do you feel? Um, what is your perception of, of, of the president's job and what he, and what, a, what does a president, what is their role within our country? To be a good leader for the community, to help others out and to, to bring others up and to care about others and to support others. So that that should be the role of the president. Yeah. Okay. Now, what about what about you? What is your perception? What does what is the role of a president? This, I'm just gonna say the same thing that okay. Sanaya said. Okay. Be a good leader. Leadership. Help our community and just be kind. Okay. So now let me ask you. Now, every given the light of everything that has happened, and how quickly your lives were changed. Do you feel that our president has done a good job? I personally, I don't think that he done a good job for the community um, or for our country. Yeah, for our country. Okay, and why? Why would? And what about you, Isaiah? I think the same thing. Sunday is thinking because, like, when the coronavirus first started happening, he knew that it started happening in November, and he had a chance to stop the coronavirus from getting to America by closing down the border, but he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what about you, Samaya? Yeah, I, I feel like he's not really that good of a president because he brought all our immigrants out of the country, and I feel like we need our immigrants for America and stuff, and I just feel like he's not really that good of a president of what he does. Or that, you know, and, and I would have to agree with you both. And, and it's interesting how you guys are 13 years old, Okay. Obviously, you're sitting back watching what's happening on TV. You're watching what's happening, you know, within your community and what's happening in your homes and people losing their jobs and you hear people dying and all these craziness is happening around you in your world and you have no control over it and you're just just a sitting duck just watching all these things happening because you're children. But I would have to agree with both of you that I don't think that President Trump has done uh, a great job. Because as a leader, it is your job to step up to the plate and to protect every American throughout this country. And I don't think that he's done a very good job. Now, what I I wanted to ask you, Sinead, what do you hope that President Trump can do in regards to coronavirus or, or should be doing going forward? I feel like he should... Um Make sure everybody's socially distanced and not out in public. Mm -hmm. Perhaps maybe wear a mask himself. Yeah, maybe wear a mask. That would be a good idea. But um, yeah, make sure everybody's socially distanced and um, make sure the pandemic gets over Mm -hmm. and not bring more stuff into America that doesn't need to belong in America. So what what are, I'm going to ask you, Chaisea, what are your fears about this virus? My fears about this virus is that the population is going to go down okay. too far. Like we're at 
200,000. 7 billion people, 8 billion people in um, the world, and how much people died? Like 200,000 here in, in America. In the whole world? Right. Like over 6 million, 7 million. Right. And 200, over 200,000 people died here in America. America. Yep. So that's your fear that death is, is going to keep rising? Yeah. What yeah. about you? Same what Tazia said. I'm I'm scared for death. I'm scared. I'm scared that e- maybe even a bigger virus will come, and I'm scared that that it will be this way forever. Okay. I I do. I really don't want it to be this way forever. Right. Right. So, what, what do you hope? What do you hope? Do you think that it's really important for America to have a good, strong leader? Yes, definitely. Do you think seeing that all that has happened? Do you think that it's important for America to have a, a, a strong leader? Yes. It's important, right? Yes. It's, it's interesting that I have two children who, you know, don't have any type of partake in politics, but can understand the value and the importance of leadership and how it affects our lives in every way. And as you can see, this virus has done that. There's people throughout this country who has lost their lives, lost their jobs, their businesses have shut. Our social interaction has changed. The way we learn has changed. And, you know, it's 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 quite interesting that these children understand that. And they're paying attention. They're paying attention, folks. They're watching what's happening. And they, they might not quite understand the dynamics behind it, but they understand that it's, it, crazy that their lives that they lived every day whether it was going to school whether it was going to the basketball court whether it was walking to you know the store whatever the case may be has changed you know now let me ask you Sinead what what are your concerns I I my concerns are that the virus is not going to go away and it's going to get bigger and soon like it, it will just take over the whole world and it'll just I, yeah. Be catastrophic. Yeah. It will be even worse than It'll, what's going yeah. on now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What are, do you have any concerns in regards to this? I agree with Senea. Okay. Now, do you hope that school gets back to the way that it was? Yeah, I hope school and everything that's going on gets back to the way it was. I hope people start realizing what is going on in this world and take action to it so we could beat this virus. Mm-hmm. And we can beat yeah. this virus together. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. I, I, I really like that. I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm really hopeful. Now, are there any takeaways from this virus that you've learned during this, during this uh, quarantined pandemic? Are there any things that you, you've learned from this virus? Like I know you said... Um. Being able to log into your classes instead of walking to classes is something that you felt was easier. Is there anything? Is there anything else that you've learned or gained from from this pandemic? Not really, except for just stuff that changed with school. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been better things about online school, but there's also been not really good things about school. How about you? Yeah, um, I learned to do work on the computer and to, you know, 
uh, okay. do Zoom because I didn't know how to do Zoom before because I never had to do it before right. the, for the riot virus. Right. So that's something new that you've learned. Like, so you actually advanced your technological technical technical skills yeah. on using the computer. So that's something that you can say that you learned from this pandemic. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Now, what if you were told that this is the way that school would be forever? I would be really upset because I like going to school, seeing my friends. And like I said earlier, hands-on contact is easier than remote learning because if you have a question, you could go after you could go after school, mm-hmm. and your teacher could be hands on with you and helping you sitting right there right. instead of doing it over a screen. Right. So you're able to address that question or that issue right then and there. Yeah. Now, what about you today? If you was told, if I was to tell you that I received this report that school will never go, they will never schools will never be the back back the way that it was. I would also feel upset because. Like I said, I, um, it's easy to just look up in the classroom and find tools that can help me with my work. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just harder to, like, write everything down and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the teachers try their best to make it seem like a classroom. Yeah, but it, but and it, they're doing a really great job. Yeah. They're doing a great job for what they got going on. Yeah. I've had the privilege to, to you know, really speak to a lot of different teachers, um, especially um, within my city and my district. And, you know, they, they really, really miss their students. They really, you know, this is, you know, being a teacher is something they have dreamt about. I mean, it's not the greatest paying job. So obviously, if they're doing that, if they if they are a teacher, they're a teacher because they actually have a passion for learning and a passion for education and, and children. So they really miss you guys just as much as you miss you miss them or miss being in school. You know, that that's part of their lives. They've, they've you know, dedicated part of their lives yeah. to being an educator. So it's just interesting to hear how important school is. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so it's interesting. So all the kids out there who used to give their moms, you know, a tough time of getting up and getting to school and getting themselves out the door to go to school. Now that's probably going to change, huh? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That, that would change, right? You'd be running out the door. Yeah. (laughs) You will actually appreciate being in school, sitting at your desk, waking up early, that interaction, being in a cafeteria, doing science projects or whatever the case may be. So maybe, you know, this was a learning curve. So when we go back or when we go back, that it will be more appreciated. Do you think so? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, right? And I feel like since they're (laughs) teaching us online school now like how to do stuff online when we go back to school and start working with computers it'd be easier it'd be easier because you now have because i know everything because that's all we work on is the computer right now yeah so when we start going back to school and they make us use computers sometimes it will just be easier to do all these things and all these like tabs and stuff so do would you say that perhaps it was important um that technology and, and learning about technology is an important piece to education. Yeah. You would, would you say that now? Definitely. Yes. So, right. Some days in our life, we're not going to be using papers anymore. We're going to be using computers. So it's a good thing that they're teaching us about technology. So 
when we get older, like if you want to be a businessman or something that has to do with computer working, you'll know what to do. But now in the sixth, excuse me, in the seventh grade and the eighth grade, you understand how important it is to have that knowledge and have that that education. Yeah. So perhaps maybe this maybe this is a learning situation for us all that we you know now have to say we have to really push for policymakers and people who are really into you know uh, writing policy can take a look at this and say we need to you know really fund technology in our in our school systems that this is an important piece of education that has been missing would you say that yeah yeah because if you knew how to use and navigate these computers would do you think that would have been easier yeah yeah that would have been easier for you. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Okay. Now, if there's anything that you could change about how the schoolology is, is there is there anything that you could advise any teachers out there who are listening that you can tell them that maybe would make this better or easier or you wish that, you know, given the fact that it has to be remote? I just wish that we could switch to the tabs easier so I could ask my question faster. Um because by the time I go to ask my question, she's moving on to the next thing. Right. So I, I just wish that um, there was a way to switch the tabs faster in between the work and the Zoom. Okay. So maybe perhaps creating some type of screen where you can look at the assignment in front of you and have and be able to type. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Is there anything that if you could change it, given the fact that it does have to be remote? But if you can change the system or the way that it's working to make it better, is there any tips out there that you would tell or a teacher you would tell them? I would give the same advice that Sinead just stated. Okay. To make that more accessible to be able to communicate a little bit better. Yeah, like the same thing with my school. They they move on faster because we only get an hour of each class, so... They have to move on to the next thing that we have to do. I just wish it could be easier to switch to tabs so you can ask questions and know what to do. Right. Okay, now let me ask you, guys. How's your eyes? Because I wear glasses. Looking at a screen all day, even for myself, is <laughs> quite difficult. Yeah. Is, is that difficult for you? Yeah, because I wear glasses as well. And sometimes it gets me, gives me a headache looking okay. at a screen. Um. For for more than eight hours, it gives me a headache. What about you? Does it bother your eyes at all to yeah. look at a screen? Mm-hmm. Does it make you tired? Yeah, it makes me tired. It does, right? Yeah. So, well, we're going to take a quick break really quickly. Um, be right back. You know what I love about Job Corps? Jobs and a career. Job Corps is a program for 16 to 24-year-olds that trains you on a trade and helps you get your high school education. And it's at no cost to you if you're income eligible. Plus, they give you a place to stay and three meals a day. To find out more, call 1-800-733-JOBS. Go to jobcorps.gov or visit us on Facebook. That's what I love about Job Corps. A future. Job Corps. Success lasts Hi. a lifetime. 1-800-733-JOBS. And you're locked in to Unity Radio, WTY 97.9 FM. Thank you for staying tuned in to Up Close with Monique McNeil. I'm your host, Monique McNeil, and I was on on the show today with two special guests, Tysay and Sinea, um, two middle schoolers who has given us some insights on, you know, their perception of dealing with with the virus and 
dealing with this pandemic and how it's been, you know, affected their lives and, you know, how they're dealing with it. What is your perception on this virus and um, how we can, you know, what they hope and what they look forward to going forward? Um, We got about seven minutes left of this segment. Is there anything that you would like to say out there to any teachers or policymakers out there that you would like to share? I would like to say um, to the teachers, thank you for, uh, you know, setting it up so it could like be like a classroom and it feel more, you know, more like a classroom and instead of virtual because um, that takes a lot and it takes a lot of work for the teachers to set everything up and stuff like that. Right. And, and you know, it's, it's they have. They, they've really dedicated, um, at least the teachers that I spoke to, the teachers that are within my district have really, you know, dedicated their time to create, um, to to really create a segment and a um, their their whole outline to adjust to this new change. And I think it's I think it's been difficult. I think it's been difficult for us all. Um, what about you, Isaiah? Do you have anything that you'd like to say? I would like to thank all the teachers for trying their best and making the, the conferences seem like there's a real class and trying their best to help us with everything that we need help with. Okay. Well, there you have it. Um, I want to thank you all for staying tuned in and listening to Up Close with Monique McNeil. I am your host, Monique McNeil, and it's been a pleasure. Uh, remember, we have to get out there and vote. November 3rd is coming up, and we have early voting in effect. I believe it start, started October 17th, and it will continue on to October 30th. And make sure you're ready to cast that ballot on November 3rd. So until then, God bless, and uh, see you soon. Right after I left you in the dark